0: with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Tara Zerker. And we're going to talk about what to do when your Facebook ads fail. And trust me, if you've done Facebook ads, there's a really good chance you had a few fails on your docket, if you will. You're going to love, 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 capital L-O-V-E, this episode. We go through some amazing stuff. By the way, If you want to reach me, I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. You can also email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, hit the subscribe button. And one last thing, if you are on Clubhouse, I am at Stelzner on Clubhouse. Let's transition over to this week's episode with Tara Zerker. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tara Zerker. If you don't know who Tara is, you need to know who she is. She is a Facebook ads expert and founder of the Successful Ads Club, a membership site designed to help marketers improve their Facebook and Instagram ad results. Tara, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Mike. It's so good to be back.
0: Today, Tara and I will explore what to do when your Facebook ads fail and they inevitably do, (laughs) to deliver on the results that you expected. So this is going to be exciting. Tara, let me start with this question. Why do so many of us marketers struggle with our Facebook ads?
1: Mm. Well, that's kind of a loaded question, Mike. There's a lot of reasons why, but really there's kind of two main categories, I feel like, um, where Facebook ads start to fail. So one, The first category would be technical mistakes. And the second category would be creative mistakes. And so you can kind of boil it down to those two buckets. And that's a good assessment tool because then you can start to see like, okay, am I making a technical error or am I, you know, is my messaging off my creative off and it's not resonating with the audience? And then you can start to kind of attack each one of those categories depending on where you see your ads failing.
0: So what exactly does technical mistake mean?
1: Okay, so technical mistake. Well, first of all, you've got kind of the standard human errors of like pixel issues and things like that. Mm. We're not really going to get into that too much because that would be maybe a little bit too deep and difficult for a podcast, plus not very exciting to listen to. But but that that is an actual error that people make. They don't install the pixel correctly and then Facebook's not understanding where the conversions are, you know, so there's things like that. But there's errors that we definitely need to address today, such as, you know, people have very high expectation about boosting posts, for example, or running website traffic ads. And those are not going to be your most effective ads ever, pretty much. Website traffic is a little bit hit or miss. Sometimes people do have success with website traffic. But for the most part, if you're looking for emails, phone numbers or credit card transactions as kind of your end result you should be doing a different type of ad altogether. And so we'll, we'll get into that too. And so those are button clicks. Those are just simply selecting a different type of ad from the Facebook library of ads. And then another technical mistake that I would love to talk about is just not setting up your ads correctly or having the right structure or even budgeting them correctly. That can cause a lot of slowdown or stalling on your ads.
0: We're probably going to focus mostly on the creative stuff today is what I'm hearing you say, right? For
1: sure. For sure. This is where I feel like most of the mistakes are found and also they're honestly the most easily resolved.
0: Let me ask you this question before we get into that. Yeah, let's do it. One other mistake that could be the case is unrealistic expectations, right? I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but let's talk about that just a little bit.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that mistake. That's probably like the mistake that 98% of marketers are making all the time, right? So you kind of have to understand what are the industry standards? Well, in particular for your industry, for your niche, for your funnel type. You know, what would be the standards, for example, for a checklist versus get a free quote sort of funnel? So you got to kind of understand, like, what would be the ranges for those? And after seeing literally, I can actually say literally thousands and thousands of ad accounts at this point. What I will tell you, Mike, is, and I've had clients pour infinite amounts of resources into trying to beat their industry metrics. You know, like, I'm going to be the outlier that that has a funnel that just converts like, like nobody's ever seen before. And uh, that's not the case. Uh, you know, Maybe they beat their industry metrics by one or 2%. But for the most part, if you're doing well as a marketer, you're going to still be within those standard ranges. If you're doing excellent as a marketer, you're going to be on the upper end of those standard ranges. Maybe you exceed them by one or 2% here and there. But for the most part, you know, that's almost impossible task to think you're going to be the one that just completely exceeds it by 25% or 30%. You know, it's just not realistic.
0: Is there a standards website or whatever that kind of says what these conversions are? Or is that, I mean, is there a place where someone can go and see what the standard conversions are for something like this? Or are you not aware of that? Or is it more just kind of like known in little circles and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I would say known in, in smaller circles. I mean, I certainly have, you know, kind of ranges that, again, that I've seen after working with thousands of accounts and also talking with colleagues and peers. But I would say, and I've got actually some of those standards in my notes here, we can kind of go through them, especially as we talk about landing page conversion rates and creative, you know, what should your metrics be for to know if you're creative, is actually landing with your audience. But you can possibly Google it for your industry and just see if there is some sort of, you know, guide for your industry that somebody has published. And then I would also just say talking, you know, getting inside of of groups and things like that. I mean, the Social Media Examiner Society is a great one. You know, you can really compare a a lot of metrics among your peers there. So just having conversations and kind of seeing what are you guys experiencing or where are you finding kind of standards and metrics and things like that for you know, your industry is, is probably a good way to start.
0: One of the things I've been hearing lately is people saying, look, you should compete against yourself, right? So you should take your mm, past yeah. performance and you should try to beat that, right? Instead of necessarily comparing yourselves to others, right? And and if you just make a goal of outdoing yourself, then that's a really good kind of place to get started. And that's just a little piece of wisdom that that many marketers know, you know, maybe with Email marketing or other kinds of marketing, but maybe they haven't really taken that into mind when it comes to Facebook ads. So I would love to go to my next question, which is, you know, zooming in on these creative mistakes, what can we do to overcome some of these creative mistakes? Like at a, at a high level, what are like the things that we should be doing?
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what creative mistakes people are generally making most common and I would say least acknowledged, you know, oftentimes with marketers. So messaging is your big bucket here, right? So you've got copy, headlines, visuals, and landing pages. You know, that's where we can really go down a rabbit hole with each of these and really discuss, you know, what are some ways that, well, first of all, what are the diagnostic metrics so that you know if you are making these mistakes? And then, how can you start teasing out where these mistakes are happening? And then, what are some actual really good solutions to overcome these problems, these challenges? And I'll tell you that every single account, probably everyone listening right now, you know, is making multiples of, of either technical mistakes or creative mistakes. And this is just the ongoing challenge of marketing. There's always going to be something to improve. Uh, and so now we can start to dive into how do we actually improve these things?
0: Cool. So one of the big mistakes that you said was the angle or the copy, right? What, did you say what the other ones were? Because I know there was like three big ones we were going to talk about at a high level before we dig in, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, we can talk about changing the angle on the ads, right? Another big one is changing the angle on your landing pages. I really want to talk about testing some new strategies too. Some things that are really hot right now for Facebook and Instagram ads, I think are are not very well known, but very exciting. And also changing, this is a technical one, but very important, changing your conversion objective.
0: Got it. Okay. So... We're going to start with this changing the angle on your ad. So dig in. Where where do we start there, right? What do we mean by the angle or the message of the ads? Talk to us about that.
1: Okay, perfect. So if you don't mind, Mike, let's go with the diagnostic metric first. So how do you even know if this is a problem for you? Um, the, the metric that I like to look at is your CTR link and not CTR all. I don't actually really find much use for that metric, although there are a lot of advertisers that love it. But CTR all indicates somebody could um, be clicking on your ad, they could be clicking the little more button, they could be clicking certainly over to your landing page, they could be clicking over to your Facebook page. So CTR all indicates click through rate, but it accounts for any clicks on the ad whatsoever. So it doesn't really tell you like the metric of how many people are going to your landing page. What I care most about is your CTR link. That's what it's actually called in ads, ads manager, CTR link, um, click-through rate. And that is going to be your most important metrics. So that tells you how many people saw your ad and went over to your landing page. And so 1% to 2% is really your metric there. If your CTR link is under 1%, And let me add the caveat, if you're doing conversion ads, which is what we'll talk about later, you're leaving money on the table, hands down for sure. And so when you look at most ad accounts, they're usually, you know, oftentimes they're well under 1%. And that tells you that the messaging or the audience is off, but it's usually the messaging is just not landing. And so now you can start to address that messaging.
0: Cool. So just to be clear, what i'm hearing you say is look to see if your ads click through rate link percentage mm-hmm. is less than 1%, right? And wants to be yep. you want it ideally to be in that 1 or 2% range or higher, right? For conversion ads. Yeah. If it's less than that, that's a signal that you've got a problem, right?
1: 100%. And I will tell, let me just add this caveat too, because people are like, oh, one to two percent, I can get it up to 2%. No problem. That sounds easy. That is not an easy feat. <laughs> Sometimes um, taking your ads from one to 2% can represent dozens of tests. I've seen it represent even hundreds of tests for um, some marketers. So that that's not an easy feat. Let me kind of break that down too, if you don't mind, just a little bit more of a visual, hopefully for everybody, is that let's say you have a thousand people, right? Who see your ads. So a thousand people see your ads one to 2% is in your ideal world. 10 of those people, (laughs) 10 of those thousand in your ideal world. And, and, you know, I'm saying one to 2%. So 10 to 20 of those people are going from your ad to the next action, which is ideally clicking over to your landing page. So when you start to think of it that way, you understand, I've talked to plenty of marketers who say, "Well, what about the other, you know, 990 people?" Well, the again, these are the expectation metrics you've got to understand. Like you, you're not going to have 500 of those people click over to your landing page, nor are you going to have a hundred, most likely, unless you had something. I mean, I've never seen it, but unless you had something just ridiculous, off the charts, bananas going on with your ads, you're going to hope that you get of those thousand people ten. And if you're really doing well with your ads on that upper end of 2%, 10 to 20 of those people, click from your ad over to your landing page. So hopefully that kind of breaks it down so everyone can kind of start to see like, yep. wow.
0: So how do we change the angle of the ad to increase the click?
1: All right, so this is where you're going to test your copy. And I put everything that I run, and I teach it this way too, through my own testing protocol. Uh, This kind of gets you to a minimum viable product or minimum viable ad (laughs) that you can scale. But when I'm changing the angle on my ads, I'm going to just kind of tell you my testing protocol because I think it will help so many listening. My testing protocol, I'm always going to test copy, imagery, and headlines. And here's the funny thing about copy. What I have noticed, you know, after spending tens of millions of dollars on Facebook and Instagram ads, the thing that actually makes the biggest difference with copy is the length. And I I think that's so surprising, but it comes out of testing um, every time that the length is one of the more important factors. And it is honestly going to vary for every single ad account out there. You know, some people do really, really well with super long copy and some people do really well with one sentence type ads. And so I'm always going to test three lengths of copy. Short copy, which I consider to be a couple of sentences. Medium copy, a couple of short paragraphs. And long copy, as long as it takes to tell the story. That could be, you know it could be a thousand words. It could be 2000 words. It could just also be three short paragraphs. But basically those three lengths I have noticed have made the biggest difference in most people's ad accounts.
0: Quick question. We're going to run a test of copy first to find a winner before we move to the Uh next thing. Right. Is that important to talk about that? This is a sequence, right?
1: This is a sequence. So the way that I do my testing protocol is you're going to run all three of your copy length variations against the same imagery. So if you're choosing a video or a static image, you're going to all three of those copy tests would have the same image. They would have the same headline. They'd have everything else the same. You're just adjusting that one variable. So you want to be as scientific as possible about this. Okay. Once you got to, and you typically want to let that run, it depends on your particular, you know, ultimate conversion. Maybe you're collecting emails. That's the easiest one. If you're collecting emails, you're probably going to let that run for, you know, two or three days, spending about $20 to $40 per day. Basically, you want to let each of those tests get to a minimum of 1000 in reach. And that's really the minimum. But you can get a lot of good work done with just, you know, 1000 in reach. And then you're going to look at the best one. And now you're going to switch it over to, I like to do imagery next. It really doesn't matter the order.
0: And when you say best, you mean best for the click-through rate link, right? Is that what we're talking about here? Is that the metric?
1: Yeah, best for conversions, actually. You want to let each of these get a minimum of a few conversions, ideally.
0: Okay.
1: I would say a minimum of a thousand in reach or seven conversions. Now I'm talking... This is kind of baby budget testing, right? Let's say you're working with bigger budgets. You're for sure going to spend more time and more budget testing that maybe you let them go for, you know, five to seven days or even longer. And you let each ad set spend 100, 200. It depends on your budget, but you might let it run longer just to to really prove that that is the best copy variation.
0: Well, let me ask this question. What if your conversion objective is a sale? Do You still want to wait for seven because that could take a while, right?
1: could take a while, but I would definitely encourage waiting for sales to come through for sure. Okay. Because some people are going to be really interested in what your ad copy says, and they might click over that might not actually convert them into a sale. So you want to actually see conversions for sure. Got it. So if you have a storefront e-commerce, etc., you're going to definitely, you're going to spend a little bit more money on your testing. You're also going to spend a little bit more time um, getting those conversions before you move on to your next round of testing.
0: Okay, round two, ding, ding, ding. What's the next thing?
1: (laughs) Well, I like to test imagery next. So I will test anywhere from three to five images at a minimum. And if I'm really going aggressive, I'll probably test, you know, upwards of 10 images, etc. And actually, I say images, I should say visuals. Because I love to test static imagery, which can include undesigned and designed photos.
0: On design, meaning photography versus illustration kind of work? Is that what you mean by Well,
1: that? you could absolutely include that. What I mean is just photos without any design or text on them. I see. I actually call them raw, raw photos. I don't know why I call them that. I'm sure there's a better design term, but just photos that are plain, no text or imagery. Sometimes, oftentimes those outperform anything else. Hmm. And then you want to test some that are, you know, designed and branded to your company's aesthetic. I also like to test when I'm testing visuals. If I have them available, I love to test videos and gifts. Gifts are huge, massive, massive. Um, we are seeing su- g- success with gifts across the board. And so I have a lot of theories on gifts, but they are amazing.
0: Real quick on the gifts. Do you have to make your own because you probably can't use like certain ones in advertisements, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would definitely avoid anything that could be, you Copyright. know, yeah, yeah, you would want to make your own, I would say is best practice. Right. And I'm sure there's gift libraries where it's, you know, royalty free gifts, or you could even purchase gifts too. But I would say make your own. It's just easier. And I think it's more on brand as well.
0: Facebook owns Giphy, if I'm not mistaken, but I don't think they'll allow you to put them in ads, right? Or, I
1: don't think so. Oh, definitely, it. it's not part of the photo library, which they do offer. Got it. You know, hundreds of thousands of free stock photos, but yeah, gifts are not part included in that.
0: Do you recommend running images up against video, up against GIFs all at once or? Yeah. Okay.
1: I just kind of do, in that round of testing, I test all my visuals. And certainly, again, if you had more budget for because te- remember, every test that you do, you're going to spend money on. So, you know, this testing protocol I'm giving you is, pretty skinny, pretty minimum. And so you're getting to that minimum viable ad, we'll say. But if you had a bigger budget, and you had plenty of, you know, budget to test all you wanted, then yeah, you could definitely break it up into a round of testing static imagery a round of testing videos and gifts. And then you could do a playoff of, you know, your your top one or two from each of those categories. You could definitely go down the rabbit hole with that.
0: So we've talked about first with copy, second with visuals. Mm -hmm. What's the third?
1: And then headlines. One of your favorite things, Mike. So headlines, you definitely want to test. I always say three to five headlines and just make sure that you have the best headline. And Mike, I don't know how you feel about this being, you know, what I would say is a masterful copywriter, but I feel like the more direct the headline, the better,
0: well, this is fascinating because I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of people on this because yeah. the headline is below the image, right? So it's uh-huh. at the bottom of the ad. Yeah, We're not talking about creating like an all caps artificial headline at the top of the ad. So it is something that people see. Like I've had Ken Moskowitz on the show and he believes that it's kind of like the last of the net as people are scrolling, right? Like the headline, <laughs> yes. if the copy That's doesn't great. grab them and the visuals don't grab them, then the headline is your last <laughs> chance, right?
1: I love that. Is that
0: your stance as well?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. And I have found that when people get super creative with their headlines, I have found that they don't work very well. Mm. So, things as simple as download now, sign up, mm. check us out, you know, things like that can often work really, really well. So, I feel like people can get really stuck on headlines. And for me, what I maybe because I'm just a no-nonsense sort of person, what grabs me most are simple, direct headlines. And what I see to be most effective among our members are simple, direct headlines. There's, of course, going to be exceptions to that. You know, there's always that really creative headline that surprises me um, that it works so well, but it does. So there's exceptions to all of this, of course. But I would say the more direct and simple, the better.
0: As a copywriter, when I'm writing a headline for like an email or for, um, you know, an article, I'm typically focusing on desired outcomes or oh, yeah. or phrases that people are naturally like how to blank. Right. But I would imagine in this case, the kinds of headlines you were referring to are almost the call to action. Right. So I would imagine you're using this in lieu of the call to action button. Is that correct? Or are you using both?
1: Well, unfortunately, Facebook used to allow us to have no button as our call to action button, which was honestly the best across the board. It always tested so well, but now they're forcing everybody to have a button. Mm. And so what I have found to be the most effective is, you know, it goes back and forth for me. It toggles in the data that I see between sign up and learn more. Mm. Um, download now can be very effective depending on what your, your actual offer is and, uh, purchase purchase now Mm. is really good as well.
0: Yep. It probably depends on what your objective is, I would imagine, right? If it's a remarketing ad or something. Absolutely. Okay. So we spent a lot of time talking about how to change your angle of your ad by talking about your copy and your visuals and your headlines and trying to get to that ideal click-through rate. Let's talk about the landing page, right? Because this Mm. is the other side of it, right? That could move the needle. You could do nothing on your ad and move the needle by changing the destination, right? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Diagnostic metric for your landing page. Let's talk that because that is really important. Sometimes people aren't aware that their landing page, their actual conversion rate makes a massive difference on their ad cost. And I could walk through all of that, but I don't think we have enough time. So here's your metrics. You want 30% or more if you're doing email capture. And, um, and, and sometimes people kind of balk at that and they say, whoa, I don't know, you know, 30% seems high already. If you're capturing emails for a training, uh, a download, a free, you know, a freebie, a checklist, et cetera, I would say you can be easily pushing that up to 40% or even higher. Five to 15% if you are, and, and this would be very industry dependent, very niche dependent. But if you are booking in, let's say consultations, free quotes, things like that. I'm going to give you that, that basic range of five to 15%. And then it would be very specific, you know, you'd have to kind of research for your own industry or um, niche for that, to make sure that fell in line with what everyone else is seeing. One to 10% for e-com and people will say 10% for e-com. I have seen it with my own eyes many, many times. But really, I would say excellent range would be, or kind of an excellent starting range would be three to 5%. If you can hit three to 5% on your e-com storefront, you're doing pretty darn well.
0: Well, and if you're selling something that's expensive, it's going to be lower. I mean, we should just flat, flat out say that, right? Like if you're selling like a conference ticket. You're not going to get those kind of conversion rates. You know what I mean? Cause it's a complex sale, right?
1: Yes. And that's why I'm saying these are kind of, I mean, you know, for every single business, I would have to kind of look at their offer, look at their, their niche, their industry, you know, and, and really make more detailed or customized assessment. But as a general rule, that's kind of, these are kind of some categories you can start to compare against.
0: So what can we do on the landing page to help increase the conversions?
1: Yeah, sometimes it's a simple headline tweak. Mm -hmm. And so I was gonna actually just use one of our own headlines. We used to have a headline that was really good called how to run ads that actually work. Mm -hmm. And that's a very simple headline, but it worked really well. And then one day we were looking through some of our survey data and we saw that so many people kept saying headache, headache, headache. In their uh, you know, like Facebook ads are such a headache, or I wish I could avoid the headache of Facebook.
0: Oh, let me guess. You said without the headaches, right? Did you do that? <laughs> yeah.
1: So we just tweaked it. How to run effective ads without and effective was another word that kept coming up. So we just tweaked it, how to run effective ads without the headache. And we saw even more success. And so sometimes just tweaking that language, and Mike, this is something I've heard you advocate so much, is looking at what people are. Actually, saying and bringing that into your messaging. So,
0: absolutely. And I can add a little tip in here, everybody. Please. Go- Google Optimize is your friend. I don't know if you use that or not, Tara, but um, some people use other tools. But Google Optimize allows you to run split tests on a sales page. And what's cool, have you ever used it by chance or no?
1: I have not. I have okay, not. Okay. So,
0: here's how it works basically, it's free and it's part of the Google suite of tools. And you just install some code on your site. And then you say, All right, this is my objective, right? And it, it ties in with Google Analytics, right? And you put in what your conversion objectives are. And then you just literally push a button. And it allows you to, it will dynamically show. And then it's a visual editor. You can go in and literally type a new headline. And then you can let oh, your so experiments cool. run. And you can see the results inside of Google Analytics. You can see how it impacts time on site. You can see how it impacts whatever conversions, e commerce conversions any of the conversions that you care about. And you can let that run for a while. And that way you can see inside of Google Analytics, which is where everybody tracks a lot of this stuff anyways, right? Uh, how that has a material impact on your uh, your conversion rates.
1: That is cool. That is cool. Okay, I took notes on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's other tools that are really costly that do the same thing, but this one is free. So
1: I love it. Oh, that's awesome, Mike. Okay, well, what else? I'll be on that one. What else?
0: What else do we have to do on the sales page other than the headline? Or the landing page?
1: Well, sometimes it's a pricing strategy, right? So there's a perceived pricing strategy. Sometimes switching, for example, from 20% off to a dollar amount is just the right trick. Mm. So if you have a $100 service or product or something like that, sometimes just switching it from 20% off to $20 off or vice versa can really make a big difference. I was actually reading an entrepreneur magazine, this article um, about an outdoor company and they did a split test and they offered, um, you know, half their email list got a 15% off coupon and half their email list got a $50 off coupon. It would be the same amount of a discount.
0: I bet you the $50 off was better, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> it generated, according to this article, I read 170% more revenue than the 15% off coupon.
0: Now, this is another cool thing of Google Optimize. You can do same page tests, but you can also do redirect tests, which means you can create an entirely new page and you can let Google automatically route the traffic to the other site, to the other page. And the benefit of that is you can track the actual behavior on each of the pages. And this is where it gets really fascinating, right? So this is where you can start testing, for example, uh, new paragraphs in different areas of the copy or different pricing models completely. And, you know, as far as Facebook goes, you're just sending them to the same destination and then Google dynamically decides where to send them. You know what I mean? And then, and and it tracks everything. So
1: that is awesome.
0: Yeah. And this is the kind of stuff that you guys is magic sauce kind of stuff that nobody thinks about, but this is usually the biggest part of the problem, right? Yes. If you know how to do ads and how to write ads and it's not converting sometimes it's got everything to do with the destination, right?
1: Absolutely. 100%. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's so cool, Mike. That is that is really cool.
0: So yeah, and there's other tools we've used, uh, VW something or another, and I can't remember what it's called, but we've used all sorts of tools. And sometimes we'll combine this with Hotjar. I don't know if you use Hotjar or not, but Hotjar allows you to do heat maps so that you can um, see how far people are scrolling down the page. And then you can watch these heat maps back and you can see if there's certain paragraphs in your landing page that people are like abandoning on.
1: And then Mm. you can try
0: rewording those paragraphs or removing those paragraphs to see if that improves the behavior that you're seeking, which is scrolling down the page.
1: Oh my gosh. So good.
0: Let's talk about dynamic creative a little bit.
1: Yeah. Okay. So this falls into my bucket of Testing new strategies, right? This one I love. I think it is so hot right now um, and it's doing really well. Caveat is... You have to test it and see because it doesn't do well for everybody. Okay, so what it is, it is a feature. You turn it on at your ad set level. And then what it does is at the ad level, it opens up the ability to pop in up to 10 images, up to five variations of copy, five headlines, et cetera. And then it will dynamically match these variations together until it finds the right mix for your audience. And what's very cool is, at the ad level you can click a little button at the top and it will it will match the creative to each person's individual tastes and history Ooh. so for example mike if you are more likely, let's say most of the ads that you've ever clicked on historically with Facebook have been videos, then it's going to deliver up all the video options to you. And if you, let's say maybe you love collages and that always stops the scroll for you and you always click on collage imagery. And by the way, collages are really, really big right now.
0: Just for the record, when you collage, you mean carousel? Are we talking about the same thing or?
1: No, no. I mean an image, like a static image, just one image that actually has like multiple images inside of it.
0: Oh, kind of like a- broken into a grid almost or something like that?
1: Yeah, totally. Got totally. It. Okay, keep going. So maybe you're the type of guy that loves those collages. It just stops you and you have to look at every one of them, you know, and then you end up clicking on the ad. So this is what this does. So basically you can pop in all these variations and it's typically going to take a little bit more time. And I have a recipe here I'm going to give to everybody. Typically takes a little bit more time to get traction because Facebook's trying all these different angles and putting them together. But once it does, it often can outperform your other types of ads. So this is a really cool feature to play with right now and see if it works for your account. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I've spent about $60,000 split testing this baby over the last several months. And I think I finally have the perfect recipe. So let me tell you what it is. This is where I'm finding the most success, where my members are finding the most success. You want to stack the images to, you want to fill that image bank up. So you want 10 visuals. I keep saying images, but really visuals. And I found the most success when I do um, about five static images, three videos, and two GIFs. So if you want my exact formula, here it is. (laughs) Sweet. And then you want to put in two copy variations. I've tried one. I've tried three, four, five. The magic number is two. Two Copy variation.
0: So do you recommend short and medium sized copy?
1: Here's what I recommend. Your top two copy winners. You don't want to do ah, testing with okay. dynamic creative. All
0: right. So whatever you did in that other testing, you know, make a note of that and they'll come back yep. here. OK, got it. OK.
1: Yeah. This dynamic creative in my mind is for your all stars. I, I would see. not do testing with it. I would not be experimental with new concepts with it. Uh, for me, every time I do it or have seen other people experiment, you know, do experimental new ads with it, it's it's a disaster. So this is your all-star. This is your all-star, only all-stars go in here. So you need to have copy winners, image winners, et cetera. So if you don't have those, go through your testing protocol and get them, you know, go and do some testing and find your winners and then pop these into Dynamic Creative. Two headlines. Did I say two headlines already? So two. two co- you
0: said two copy variations and now it's two headlines also is what, what you're yep. saying. Okay. Two
1: headlines. I've seen three do okay, but two seems to be the best. And then two calls to action. So two buttons, you know, learn more, sign up, purchase now, download, you know, whatever makes sense, obviously for your offer.
0: How long does it take to run this to before you start? I mean, how much time are we talking before we abandoned ship on dynamic creative.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give it, I mean, minimum for me is about 120 bucks before I would say I start being impressed by it.
0: So it's money, not time is what you're saying?
1: I think money. Yeah.
0: Because they can show it to so many people is what you're saying, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It needs a little bit of, because Facebook's going to have to do a lot of testing inside of this feature to figure out, okay, what combination you know what I mean? They got to figure out the combination that's going to work. So for me, I would say I'm very unimpressed until about, honestly, 120 bucks is kind of the minimum, usually a couple hundred dollars. Buy three to $500. So if you don't have a ton of budget, go careful with this. But if you've got a little bit of budget to play with, I'm usually pretty impressed by around $300. bucks. i am like, oh, this is like starting to outperform some of the other ways of setting up ads. So I, I think it's very intriguing.
0: Is there any amount of time that it takes before you start seeing results or does it just work right out of the gate?
1: No, not out of the gate for sure. I, I would say the first few days you're going to be disappointed.
0: <laughs> Got it. So let it roll. It, it needs yeah, to learn. It, it needs to learn. Okay.
1: Yeah, totally. Totally.
0: Let's talk conversion objectives. Cause I think you mentioned that also like, let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, this is a big one. Um, Many advertisers, we talked about it, hinted at it in the beginning. You've got your boosted posts. You've got um, website traffic. These are number one. If you're ever talking to a Facebook marketing representative, these are very easy recommendations. They don't require a pixel setup. They are easy to do. They are, I mean, they're just the easiest ads to do for sure. I don't even consider them real ads though, because when you compare the backend results, they're usually 10, 20 times more expensive than just running conversion ads. So when we talk about technical mistakes, why ads are failing, I would say if this is, if you're boosting posts, if you're running, running website traffic, you're leaving so much money on the table. So switching to a conversion objective on Facebook. So when you start a new campaign, it gives you kind of a list of what's your objective, video views, engagement, reach, et cetera. In my mind, all of that is maybe 2% of your budget can go to some of those other things. 98% of your budget goes to conversions. So that's what you want to be focused on primarily.
0: So when we say conversions, what if we're trying to generate leads?
1: Same thing, conversions, yeah. Okay. And then inside of your ad set, you're going to select, you're going to set up your pixel. And then inside of your ad set, you would, collect, you would select lead or complete registration, something like that.
0: But does that mean you suggest not to do lead ads then?
1: Okay, so lead ads are kind of a different thing. It's really confusing how they have these named. Um, Lead generation ads are where you stay on the platform and you don't actually ever leave to a landing page. And so those it's very confusing how they name these. That can be effective. I would say lead generation ads are not as reliable as conversion ads where you're See, I hate how they name this, but a conversion ad where you're taking people to a landing page and having them put their email in on a landing page. But some people have a lot of success with lead generation ads. I remember we ran a campaign for a client in Maine. They had a landscaping company. They introduced kind of a winter service of doing uh, epoxy glazes on people's garage floors. I'm sure they're, I am sure they i can not remember exactly what that's called. And we did lead generation ads. They didn't wanna do a landing page. They were really resistant to setting up a whole marketing campaign. So we just did lead generation ads, collected people's information right in Facebook. Their front desk um, gal called these people at the end of her day. And about a month later, they called and said, they'd spent $500. They said, turn it off. We've got so many leads, so many quotes we're going to give. Oh, it
0: worked. Okay, cool.
1: It was awesome. So these can be super effective for certain types of businesses. But I would just say, and that filled up their whole winter, you know, schedule. They had a small team, so it wasn't, they didn't need too much. But I would just say you want to go, like, test it and see. Test it and see if it works for your particular company. But your primary goal is probably going to be conversion
0: ads. We talked about something when we were prepping for this called warm-up ads. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes.
1: Okay, so this is another thing, um, another technical thing. Some people just have a hard time getting cold, traffic to convert. Or another way that you can think of it is they have an easier time when they have a warm audience that they can remarket to. And so for 2 to $5 a day, and this is really rec- the recommended budget that I give probably 80% of people. If you have a bigger budget, you're going to spend much more than this, but two to five bucks a day will get the job done. You can start running, maybe it's ad showcasing videos of like some of your user-generated content, which is so huge right now. It could be ads um, showcasing your process or your facility or your product, et cetera. And you can run these ads as video view ads. So remember that that 2% that I said, 2% of your budget can go to this kind of stuff. This is really great for this. So if you run video view ads or reach ads or engagement ads, and you're just warming up an audience, now those people are very unlikely. You should not expect to see conversions from that but what you can expect to see is that now people are warming up to you. So when you actually then retarget them with your conversion ads, they're like, Oh, I've seen this face before. I've seen this product before. Mm. Um, you know, Oh, I've seen, you know, I've, I've seen this facility before in my neighborhood, whatever it, you know, that building, um, now they're starting to warm up and they're much more likely to convert. So once you kind of get your conversion ad set up, the next that I always recommend people do, start sending out some warm-up ads, two to five bucks a day. Uh, Heck, you can do a dollar a day. It's fine by me. And now you're building an audience that you can retarget and they've already been exposed to you for a very inexpensive cost. And now they're much more likely to actually click over and convert. So that's kind of another technical thing, also creative, but more technical that you can be doing to really accelerate your success.
0: Tara, you're teaching a two-hour workshop for us at the yes. upcoming social media marketing workshops called "How to Create Persuasive Facebook Ads That Convert." Can you just tell everybody in a quick minute, kind of what they might expect to learn during that workshop?
1: Oh, absolutely! I am so excited to do this, um, Mike. You know, this is one of my big areas of where I'm just most passionate is is unlocking, cracking the codes on the code on writing Facebook ads that convert and keep your ads out of Facebook jail because when you're writing Facebook ad copy you have two considerations one is what does your audience want right so you need to write copy that appeals to them but then number 2 this is where most people fall short is what does the algorithm what will the algorithm allow me to say mm-hmm. and how do i make my ads uh, you know, write them. So they're super algorithm friendly, therefore not going to get rejected, therefore not going to get my account shut down and therefore going to be less expensive. So there's a balance there. It's a very fine balance, but we're going to talk about finding the right angles for your ads. Now, I think Mike, you and I discussed in our pre-chat, like we could probably look at any piece of content, a webinar, a download, you know, checklist, a a guide. We could look at that and come up with probably 20 to 50 different headlines just for that one piece of content, different angles. So how do you pick among, you know, all the different options, the best one for your Facebook ads? Now I'm going to talk about copy guidelines that are updated for this year because a lot has changed in the last few months with Facebook policies, as well as the algorithm, hooks, ad angles that work, copy formulas, I'm actually live going to write copy for people just to so they can see the process of writing super fast and effective ad copy. You know, in the height of my agency days, now we're so focused on our training. But in when we're doing agency work, I would teach my team how to write really effective ad copy in 15 minutes or less. And so I'm going to teach all those tricks and secrets on how to do that. And then I'm also developing a scorecard so you can kind of look at your own ad copy and make sure that it's on that upper range of eight to 10, an eight to 10 score so that you have more assurance that what you put out there is going to get you better results.
0: Tara Zerker, first of all, (laughs) solid gold today. Thank you so, so much for sharing all your diamonds and gold nuggets. Um, If people wanna track you down or follow you or check you out, where do you wanna send them?
1: Oh, thank you, Mike. Um, The best place to go to kind of see what we're about is I put together an ad kit for everybody. And this is after literally hundreds of consultations with people, people paying me a pretty penny to look at their ad accounts. I looked at all the like top 10 categories of what people were coming to me for, paying me for, and I put together an ad kit that addresses every single one of these problems. So I talk about the 21 words never to use on Facebook. I talk about some, you know, other copywriting headline formulas and things like that. Some of these technical mistakes that you can avoid. And so if you go to youradkit.com slash SME, you can download that right now.
0: Perfect. Tara, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom and insights. We are way better because of it.
1: Thank you, Mike.
0: Was that amazing or was that amazing? I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And by the way, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 441. If you're new to this show, hit the subscribe button. If you've been a long time listener, let your friends know about this show. I am at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.